You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. Today on Max's Island, I've got David Bandy. David, welcome to Max's Island. Thanks, Tone. Thanks for having me. So as many of our listeners know, David, and your benefit, being on Max's Island, we like to hear the stories of our guests from that time in their life where they did something against the grain. They really had a pivot in their life that was either something they chose to do themselves, something that people had said you couldn't do, or actually something that was forced on you. So the microphone's yours. What's your story? Well, Tone, that's um, it's a brilliant segue. That I my my decision almost encompasses all of those traits in um, things that are you know uh, things people couldn't tell you to do or were forced upon you. It was it was all in the above, really. Um, I. I am an electrician, a qualified electrician, and I had a I had a wonderfully steady and good job that um, that I was enjoying, and um, I, I was very comfortable in. I was doing well at, um, and that that was from the period of about two thousand and twelve to two thousand and seventeen, and I uh, experienced a, a redundancy, seemingly out of nowhere, because. <laughs> The, the boss was a mate of mine from high school and he actually offered to, to sell me the business uh, prior to him making my position redundant, which was amazing, as I said, out of the left field. And um, one of those times of your life where everything you think is going really, really well and all of a sudden a, a bomb like that is dropped on you and my my wife at the time was 33 weeks pregnant with our, our only child uh, as we're an IVF couple as well so we, we, we struggled for for many 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 years to get to get um, our lovely daughter who's now three but at the time she was weeks away from being born and yeah I, I, I received that just that it was it was um, an incredibly yeah, tough pill to swallow and a, and, a, and a real real knock so I was sort of backed into a corner of well, what what am I going to do? What am I going to do for my family? I'm, I'm an electrician. And the first thought was because I was comfortable in as a project manager at the, at the position, at the, um, you know, the firm that I was at, I thought, Oh, beauty. Oh, this is a great opportunity for me to get back onto the tools as a, as a qualified electrician. I thought, how hard could it be in Perth, West Australia, you know, to, to get a job as, as a sparky, you know, doing whatever it is. And 
at the time, around 2017, the, the mining sector had collapsed. There are a lot of people that have come down from that sector into the residential and, and commercial sector that had a bit of money and, and they had started their own businesses and, and the 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 market of the electrical industry had just had the knees chopped out from under it. And being someone that sort of knows a few few people in and around the place, I couldn't, I, for the life of me, could not get a job anywhere. Um, and this was, this was from people that owned you know, big corporations in a commercial sector, right down to the guy who had a couple of vans and had just let their only apprentice go, um, sort of thing. So I thought, well, I'm in a real pickle here, and 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 that's when I seriously uh, considered, um, uh, yeah, the career path. Well, or the first thing I thought of was, what am I going to do? My, my daughter's not even born. I'm forty. What what am I what am I going to do? I, I need. I need a sustainable career for for her and and for our family. So, David, that's a big shot for someone who's just forty, about to become a father for the first time. Had you had any thoughts about doing something else anyway, or was this just something that um, you were left with a blank sheet of paper in front of you? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Tone. I, I I had had some thoughts of. Um, a, a mate of mine was was in the the housing sector, and and he's a, a building broker. And I thought that I could I could have gone in under his wing to 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 learn a lot about the the, the housing market and and building and developing and that sort of thing. But it was so far away, and 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 it it took me it took me a long time to get my electrical apprenticeship because I was it was intertwined with a professional sport career as well. And and I just thought to myself, well, I can't fumble around you know trying to get something not knowing where it would end up and it, it it was it was an option potentially um but but it was again in sync with a with a very turbulent market in perth that the housing industry and the building industry in perth is, is so volatile and i just thought to myself well, do i really want to be entwined with that where one year we might be really successful and do well and we you know the salaries 250k and then the next year I don't do very well and it's sort of 75 or 80 you know so I wanted something that was a stable platform I wanted I wanted something that was guaranteed and and I wanted something that I I was passionate about and I know every one of the people that are listening have had an encounter with a police officer that they've that they've it's either been positive or negative and um and 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 a lot of the people out there would probably have more of a negative story than a positive one, just because everyone's had a ticket, you know. Um, so I thought to myself, this was something I could do. I could do well, and I was prepared for the challenge. And after um, after being ousted from my professional sporting career in circumstances that I thought were incredibly unfair, this was the one. This was the one choice uh, that really, really was something that I thought I could do. I could do well. You have implied then that you've had you had had thoughts about being a police officer, but can I just go back? You just mentioned something about your professional career as a, as a sportsman, and for our listeners' point of view, perhaps you can tell us a little bit of a snapshot around that. I know it, it revolves around cricket, and perhaps that um, gives some nice background for for Max's Island listeners because knowing professional sportsmen. They do their careers do come to sudden ends quite often, and it would appear that this being made redundant wasn't such a foreign experience for you. 
<laughs> Not at all. No, this 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 was round two of, of a redundancy um, that the the first of which was was the biggest body blow I, 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 you could ever imagine because I I played professionally for five years and the last two of those years were the back end of two year contractual deal. So I was 30 years old when I was offered a two year deal. So by the time I was 32, those two years were up and I, my contract was up for renewal. And the, I guess what, what hurt the most is the, the summer of 2010, 2011, um, I, I scored 1144 runs at an average of, eight, of 88 uh, in, in whack of first grade, which is, uh, second only to Robin Smith, who was an English test cricketer who came out and played many years ago. Uh, I took 23 wickets at 18.48. Um, I made a 262 or a big pun, 260 against uh, Midland Guildford. So I, I couldn't have been playing any better. And I was I was ousted by Mickey Arthur, who people may or may not know. And the only, the only reason that he could give me um, was that I was too old. And it was a bit of a shame because... I was the only one in the in the West Australian squad that was actually working. I was finished, I was trying to complete my electrical apprenticeship at the time, and I had to go to work the day that they had arranged my uh, scheduled um, end of year meeting to to surmise the season that was. I couldn't make it because I was working. I said, "Can I come after work?" And they said, "No, come after work the following day." Unbeknownst to myself, um, my family members, friends, everyone was driving home, and and uh, that they could hear on. ABC radio and, and 882 that, that I'd been dropped from the squad and I didn't know because I hadn't had my meeting yet. I was scheduled to have it that day, but I didn't have it. And then sure enough, the West Australian newspaper read exactly that the following morning. So then I, I went to work. The first thing I did on my, on my smoko break at work, so I looked at the newspaper and saw, saw that I'd been dropped, but I hadn't even conversed or, or spoken to anyone about it. And then I went to my meeting that afternoon and, and had Mickey Arthur uh, dancing and fumbling around um, the most pathetic, horrible meeting I've, I've ever experienced. It was completely horrendous and unprofessional and, and they didn't even have the, 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 um, you know, the stomach to confront me before the fact of, of you know, dropping me through the medium of, of media content the, the, the night of my meeting. So, so that was just ghastly and and uh, i i thought that the you know that the excuse of you're too old I'd, I'd never been fitter i'd never had a problem with injury other than being hit in the face by a cricket ball but i overcame that and um yeah it, it's it certainly rattled my cage and I, I i couldn't even watch cricket on television for at least a calendar year i played baseball the following se summer season the first summer i had off uh, in 20 years um inclusive of a few trips over to the UK to, just to play baseball with my brother because I, I thought, well, I'll find a bit of solace. He's a lot younger than I and we, we never really played any sport together. So I went and played baseball for a year just to sort of take my mind off what was uh, a real, you know, horrible experience to say the absolute least. Certainly the redundancy from the uh, electrical firm was um, probably just as shocking, but perhaps not as traumatic as the incident with the, with your cricket career. Quite comfortably, mate, yeah. The funny thing was, is when, when they made me redundant, they didn't think about the fact that, well, the, the, the one content that was supplying all but 50% of their work uh, walked out the door with me because they thought, well, 
you know, I'm I'm the contact with you, and if they're flicking you, then I'm not going to work with them. And they, it was quite <laughs> ironic; they couldn't work that out. It was it was very very surprising. So, yeah, a very very similar set of circumstances, but not nearly as shocking. But obviously, had its had a life shock to it with uh, my wife being so pregnant at the time. So let's just go back to that point. You you're forty your wife is 33 weeks pregnant with your first child, you've lost your job, but you had this idea that has been around for a little bit that maybe you respect the position of a policeman and maybe that's something for you, which to be honest, for me, you know, for someone at 40, that's a, um, a massive career decision. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Tony. And, I, and I, I remember distinctly when I told my dad that I was going to be a, a policeman and, and the look on his face, like he, he's, it, it, it's, it was, was very similar to those, um, you know, slow motion, heavyweight, big right hooks that you see, you know, someone cop and the, and the ripples through the flesh. It was his expression just changed exponentially. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, well, no, don't, you know, don't worry about what he thinks because this is what you want to do. You know, so, so just, get get ready for your rebuttal you know and and anyway we he, he didn't like it initially and I, and I completely understand why uh, because I'm sure he well I know he, he had friends in the police force during his time as a, as a young fella and a, and a you know a professional athlete himself and all the way through to up until now and and I'm sure he's seen what the job can can do um, to people. So I guess his initial reaction was was one of concern and uh, and one of worry. It's like, well, I, I don't want you, you know, I don't want you putting yourself in harm's way, and I don't, I don't want you having to see and deal with the things that a common police officer has to do day in day out. And because this was something that that was my decision, my choice, and my passion uh, that I wanted to to be a part of, and and a lot of that had to do with a with a chap that I played um, club cricket for at, um, at CBC Cricket Club, who's a, who's a senior constable detective and still one of my best mates today. And um, he he really sort of was, was the, the, the tipping scale in the end for, for my decision to, to, you know, to jump into it, if you will, because um, I'd thought about it and thought about it. And it was, it was one of like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It was really, I was, at, I was seriously at crossroads and didn't, didn't know what the best option was going to be. And, and he was one where after speaking to him and, and I was unsure because of my age, I just thought, well, they're not going to even take me seriously. I'm, I'm 40 years old. You know? And, and he just said, mate, they, the, the, the police force love the older guys and girls. You know, they, they, they love that because they have that life experience and they know that they can go to, to situations and circumstances and, and, and talk because uh, that's, that's our biggest, you know, all, all the things that we, we have on our belts and, and in our vests and all the rest of it to diffuse the situation. The, the one thing I've used the most is, is my voice box because a lot of the time it's just a case of talking to people. And, and that's, that's why they said, mate, tr trust me, you'll, you'll get in. And, and at the time I thought, great, after I spoke to him, I thought, this is awesome. Like, this is what I want to do. And then sure enough, I, I jumped online. I thought, let's, let's look at this. And when I, when I did it, it was, it was uh, late 2008, uh, sorry, 2017, early 2018, and um, it was closed. The, the applications were closed for for new applicants for WA Police. I thought, oh, 
that'd be right. Yeah, <laughs> that's just another another hurdle just thrown at me like a fun. I've I've convinced everyone, my 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 wife, my family, everyone, like this is what I want to do. And and but WA police said, no, sorry, mate, doors are closed. You can't at the moment. So so then I had to wait, and I I had uh, yeah a, a, an extremely tough time. Um, in that period and, and not just in that period um, waiting to apply, but the, the application itself took a year um, before, I, before I was at the academy, which um, speaking to a lot of my uh, squad members that I was with for six months and a full-time capacity, that some of them had been waiting for years. So after, after talking to them, I thought, well, that's, that's a great result, um, getting fast-tracked through for only a year. And yeah, it's it's just been I won't say smooth sailing ever since, but I've, I've I've managed to get on a track with my career that now has such real meaning because I I know what I do every day um, has has a has a real purpose in the community and it uh, and it means a lot and I and I really do enjoy you know going to work uh, putting on the uniform and and yeah doing my best for the community down here in the southwest. And you obviously can now see a future. You can see some direction in your career. And are there any thoughts about where that might go within the force? At the moment, uh, I'm, I am a probationary constable. I still have ooh, about six months left on my probation. It's, it's not your standard three-month probation as I've only ever known in any job that I've ever been involved <laughs> in. It's, it's usually three months and they figure you out and you're either good or you're not. Uh, it's an 18-month probationary period for a West Australian police officer. We have 10 tasks that we have to repeat three times. So that's a total of 30 tasks. Uh, each individual tasks of those 10 have to have a gap of two months in between them. And once you've accomplished those tasks, you you have two or three-month uh, appraisals that are your superior's will oversee you and, and sort of you know, rate you, you know, like a good or a bad movie, I guess, uh, whether you're, you're pulling your weight and doing the right thing. And, and once that is all complete, then you will be signed off as a constable. So it's, it's certainly not easy. And I'm at that time at the moment where I'm not really thinking too far ahead uh, in that sense. I just want, want to successfully complete those issue tasks and appraisals so that then the next phase will be okay. Well, then what, what are we doing? But one of the one of the big draw cards, I guess, in in the decision to be a police officer, it, it gave the opportunity for my wife and my little girl um, to relocate from Perth. So we are now currently living down in Bunbury. We sold our house in in Perth and we moved down here. And my my wife's dad grew up down here in the Bunbury area. And being a regional police officer is, is, is quite advantageous in terms of development because when you march out of the academy, you're subject to potentially being placed wherever the commissioner or WA police, uh, in, in a sense, need you. And it's more or less a case of following orders and doing as you're told. Whereas if you request to go to a regional posting, you go there, you're, you're at that posting and you are just straight out thrown in the deep end, uh, dealing with the same things a seasoned sergeant or senior constable would be dealing with. And um, yeah, and you're expected to putting in your two cents and, and dealing with all the, 
all the things that come with uh, the job. So my wife has been nothing but but uh, unbelievably supportive through this transition. Uh, she has enjoyed the fact that she's relocated to a place where she's had a lot of fond childhood memories. So I guess that that was a, another another big selling point to us moving down here. It, it was it wasn't all easy. When I made the academy and and in two thousand and nineteen began in June for six months, knew that I was I was going to be there until the third of January um, twenty twenty. So the back end, about three months to go, was when you could apply for a regional posting. We decided that the Southwest and Bunbury was going to action for me if I could get it. Fortuitously, there were some probationary spots up for grabs. So it was like, okay, great, let's sell our house and find a house. And my wife, bless her, she she must have driven from the north the north of Perth, we're talking up Wanneroo area, down as as south as Bridgetown, uh, to Donnybrook and everywhere in between to Leshenault. I don't know if you, you know, geographically yep. know those, those areas, but she looked at about 65 to 70 houses and we just couldn't find that house that, that appeased either of us until one day, you know, we luckily just, just found this house that was exactly where we wanted it. It was the, the house that was for us and fortunately wasn't, wasn't that far away from work. So, um, but for, for months, for well, for, for about six months, my wife looked so hard for a house and it was stressing us both out because we thought, well, what are we going to do? How's this going to work? You know, I was I was living in my uncle's holiday unit, which was down in Bustledon Broadwater and driving back to Bustle, sorry, to Bunbury Police Station, 50 minutes um, one way. So, you know, an hour and a half travel each day by myself because my wife was up in our house in Perth and there was a little bit of a separation factor there which was tough but eventually we 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 found the house that we were looking for and we've been here now since march and it's now december and uh we couldn't be happier it's 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 very much a a bit of a dream forever house so in terms of your original question what i'd like to do in the police force i i um in terms of ambition i mean i'm i'm quite happy to be a a general duties police officer for the next 10 plus years uh, maybe more uh, provided I can stay fit and healthy, because obviously there are there are certain circumstances you have to dive into which aren't that pleasant, um, and I just need to make sure that my body can hold up to that. And if you, um, you know, trying to participate in local sport and the, for the uh, for the Eaton Cricket Club, trying to bowl a few overs the other day, uh, my body is certainly telling me where its limitations are. That's for sure. <laughs> time, so. so, David, it sounds like your life experiences both as a professional cricketer uh, as a an electrician and you know working in the commercial world but also for for listeners as um you know and and where i first met you as as a captain coach and a leader of men uh, for the cbc cricket club i guess from what you're saying and the feel that i get is that that life experience has been really beneficial for you not only being selected to be a policeman but also being good at it uh, absolutely, um, p- particularly that, that my, my current standing, because at, at the time um, it, it was, I won't say embarrassing, but but there was obviously a, a circumstance of a little bit of, well, I'm, I'm an electrician, but I'm not working as an electrician at the moment because I, d- I don't believe in, um, in handouts. And I, I had a contact that, that um, 
owned and operated the uh, the golf box, which has a few stores around the Perth metropolitan area. And I was I was pretty much just a factory hand breaking boxes and shifting stock for him um, during the during my application time for the WA Police Force. So uh, yeah, well, I wasn't um, I wasn't incredibly proud of that. But uh, what I was proud of at the time was that I was, as you said, that the captain, and the coach of the CBC Cricket Club, a, a club that I actually really really loved and enjoyed and it was a it was a, a place that um it, it had a little bit of a different feel than the than the professional study of of wacker cricket where where people in the wacker cricket comp want to ambition themselves to become west australian and australian representatives you know that, that and and, the, and there's a lot of there's a lot of that um feel about it whereas the cbc cricket club were extremely family orientated they were really really down to earth and and it, it was just a, a real reminder of, of community and and that's obviously where I met as I said my, my contact um, who's who's actually relocated him himself and his family um, to regional Western Australia as a police officer and you know it, it, I was really proud of, of the fact that I was um, a leader of, of, of that community club and, and it made me feel quite good and I certainly let the people know that were recruiting me at the time that that was my standing as opposed to a professional box breaker at the local factory yeah it was it was something that I I reminded them that look I I do have a bit to offer and I have had experiences with dealing with pressure situations and people and I guess that the the point around that was that I was I was incredibly proud of uh, my standing in in the local community, uh, being being a leader and a representative of of a club that that just loved the the club for itself and and, and no no further ambitions other than just enjoying that community and the, and the family involvement, which was something that that hadn't been as prevalent in in those district and professional and wacker clubs it was more about young guys um, being guys and you know playing cricket and that was it and and my wife will tell you it's it's by far and away her favorite club that she was involved with because of that interaction of family and that that community grassroots factor and I guess that's the one thing that I, I really was proud to impart on the on the people that are that were recruiting me I, I thought well you know, th- these are the things that I'm doing at the moment and, and my involvement as, as a member of the community. Um, this, is, this is why I believe I, I would be valuable you know, as a police officer. So, David, that's really interesting that at that point in time in your life, and I didn't know your progression at that, that stage, you know, I saw you make one of the best hundreds in the grand final and a drizzly March afternoon down at Corinda Oval when at one stage I think the team was seven for 70 odd and um, you end up batting through the entire overs and got to a score that ultimately won the grand final. It's amazing that you could professionally on the on the pitch deliver something in a pressure situation you know when you were struggling to understand what your future was going to be. So um, from my point of view that lifts that innings even greater. It's funny, Tony. That that was one of one of the um, more memorable knocks uh, and 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 games and seasons that I've that I've ever experienced. Um, that that game, as as you would have seen, I remember our president and Andy Galbraith was caught on the 
boundary in fantastic fashion. Uh, it was one of the better catches I've ever seen in a grand final. And all, all the leaming blokes reckon that that bloke, if you underarmed him a ball or a stubby holder from two metres away, drop it. So it was... <laughs> It was one of those moments where we were like, oh, dear, here we go. And then you're right. We were actually seven for 60 that day. Right. Um, and I remember uh, batting with Chris McShane. Um, we just had a bit of a plan just to, as you said, it was drizzly. It was it was the, that overcast sort of, you know, spongy corunda, all those sort of things. I thought, you know, all we need to do here is just get a get a competitive total and and I think we put on about 75 or 80 and, and got to got to a position where we we potentially had something to to bowl at. And and I've just I've just never worked harder. And and there there were quite a few things behind my thoughts. And uh, yeah, there, there was a lot going on in my life, obviously. And um I just I just knew I sort of owed it to the club and and to myself and, and a lot of other things. There were so many things going through my head, but it was it was more or less a case of well, I'm I'm not going to be defeated by these guys because the the year before um, that the same cricket club that we were playing were pretty much in charge of the of the uh, the SMCA committee and, and and tribunal and all those sort of things and I and I and I was handed down a sentence of of, of 12, 12 week suspension which. I, I thought and found were, were completely unjustified and, and horrible. And we we got knocked out, I think, in the semis the year before. And, um, and I guess that was the catalyst over the top of everything else that was going on in my life. It was that these guys had sort of done not so much myself, but the whole the whole you know, association wrong. And and I thought, you know what, I'm not I'm not going to stand for that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna battle, and I'm just gonna make sure that these guys know that I'm I'm gonna be here um, at the end of it all. So it was it was, it was definitely, as I said, one of the more memorable knocks of my career because obviously being in a position of six for seventy, and then getting you getting your side to one hundred and seventy five, and you're you're a hundred knot at the end of the day, and then coming out the following day and knocking them over for seventy five was was unbelievable uh it'll it'll forever be in my mind all the all the guys at the club that year let alone the team uh will always be mates of mine and also the 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 fact that that capped off the fact we won the we won the one day grand final um a few a few weeks prior to that as well so one of the more successful years in my career to boot when you win both flags that are on offer for the year is a pretty big deal and I also remember a mate of ours in, in Brad Bootsma was cycling from Perth to Sydney uh, during that grand final on, on a push bike, which he completed. And, and, I, and, and we, we all remembered uh, how you know, horrible that must be. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I, I couldn't imagine riding across the Nullarbor on a, on a push bike. But we tried desperately to call him that night to, to let him know the news, but he was having a really tough day. Uh, and, and I'm sure he had plenty of tough days doing what he did. But all those things sort of accounted for what was a, a wonderful win and, and a great a great finish to the season that was that year. It was It was just phenomenal. So, David, thanks very much for joining us on Max's Island. It's been a story that's gone down a number of paths that I didn't expect. I'm really pleased that you've found your feet down in Bunbury and embarked on a career that I'm sure you will get great satisfaction from. The community will get great benefit and your family will have that stability going forward that 
that they need and, and provides them so that um, you can bring up your family the right way. So thanks for joining us on Max's Island. And maybe in a few years time, we can record again and just find out how you've gone in this career as a policeman. Yeah, I'd, I'd really enjoy that, Tony. Thanks very much for um, having me on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk about uh, these sort of things. And yeah, sometimes it's, it's funny, you, you don't really you don't really recount them until someone asks you. So tell us about that. So you know, I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I hope you have too. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur. Oh, work play and how how it turned out this way he told me his plan a short-term escape five weeks on the bibbling track go it alone no one to blame if he finished or fell by the way sense was engaged, his mind was as clear as the sky, completely alone, no emails or phone, and 